This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. Hey, I'm Paul. And I'm Rich. And welcome back to us talking about more nerdy Star Wars things. In this episode today, we are discussing a five-issue arc from the 90s comic book series, Tales of the Jedi. And this arc is subtitled The Fall of the Sith Empire. Chronologically speaking, inside the story, this arc happens before the stuff we did before. This happens before Ulic Keldroma and Exar Kun have their action. This stuff happens before that. But it also happens chronologically after what we just did, which was the right. uh, yes. Golden Age of the Sith. And it literally picks up like right after. It's Yeah, it's which I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect there. Yeah. And I was like, I oh, either. huh, it's right there again. <laughs> well, yeah. at least we don't have to wonder what was going on with that. First question, Rich, can you break it down for us? Okay, so basically what happens in this, in this arc First of all, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I was bored with this one. Um, just as bored with this one as I was with the Golden Age of the Sith. So basically what you've got is you've got Nagasato. This is the follow-up to the Golden Age of the Sith, which ended with Jory Darragon jumping back to the Republic in, the, uh, in her starship, which has a tracker on it. And yep. then for it proceeds to go on for two issues of Nagasato convincing Gav to do things like, hey, you're going you're gonna to be the captain of my ship, you know, and all this other crap. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, Jory is trying to convince the Republic that there really is a threat, and she has to do some sort of, like, Mission Impossible break-in to the uh, Empress yeah. Tita's palace to warn her. That, and, yeah. Let's meanwhile, get, we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she 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 breaks in and she starts jibbering jabbering about Sith this and Sith that, and the Jedi are like, huh? The Jedi that are there just kind of stand there and stare at her for a minute, and then like, oh wait, hold on, oh, she said Sith. I I thought she said something else. Oh, that, that, yeah, no, yeah, Sith, yeah, yeah, Sith bad, Sith people. Yeah, bad. That's right. You know, so yes, 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 yes. After Jory does her Mission Impossible jump in and tells Empress Tita about it pending Sith, Sith yeah. invasion. They, they mobilize everything, and then suddenly the Sith appear. And by the third issue, now we've got war. Yay, finally. It takes two issues to get to this war after an entire buildup to get to this war. Yeah. So you have five issues last arc, two issues this arc, and then the third issue is basically, third and fourth issue are basically the war. The fifth issue is kind of the denouement of the whole thing. Basically, what it comes down to is Gav ends up leading this, leading this invasion force and not realizing that, that, like all the destruction that was, going to be, uh, that was going to be wrought upon his home world, which is really fucking weird. What do you think's gonna like, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen, dude? Right. Yeah. So he, he, he gets down to the surface and he finds that, that his old buddy Arba the Hutt oh, has been stabbed and his sister thinks that, she, that he did it and... Then she, he, he tries to run off, and he gives them the coordinates to the Sith Empire, and they go there and they blow up the Sith Empire, and yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, Oh, yada. and then they end up, the, Sith, the, the remains of the Sith forces end up on Yavin 4, which is where, oh, yeah. of course, they're going to have their Masasi temples and all that other stuff. 
so that's my uh, my breakdown of that arc. Okay, I'm sensing that you and I had some of the same thoughts about this one. I here's my problem with these two these two arcs is that all they're trying to do, I, I've got the feeling that I that all they were trying to do was fill in who Nagasato was and get them to Yavin Four. That's really what came out of this. The, the, the main characters, Jory and Gav, they're paper thin. They're terrible. They're characters. forgettable. Very forgettable. Odar Un is the only other character that actually makes an appearance here that is in these, the, the 1,000 years later arcs, which yeah. are the main, yeah. main, the main crux of this Tales of the Jedi. I feel like if you're a reader, you could probably forget about this stuff. Like these two arcs, you could probably take and just file them away if you're a collector and just leave them, yeah. leave them in your comic box and never bring them out again because I don't feel like they're, they, they're not as relevant as they want to be. I don't think you need 10. No. Was it, it was 11 issues because there was a zero issue for the... For the oh, movie. that's right. So there was 11 issues for a story that I felt like they probably could have told in four issues altogether. Yeah. It was disappointing. It was disappointing. So hmm, I hate doing two episodes of our podcast in a row where we don't like the material. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's except, tough. except I mean that that's tough because we go into it blind and right. we decide beforehand what we're going to do and then we read it and prep our notes and then we record. But, but maybe I'm being too, being too hard on myself for having that feeling because guess what? Sometimes things are going to suck. <laughs> you know yeah yeah and in this case this like i i didn't i'm i am the same with you i did not get much out of this at all okay I, i'm glad i'm not I, the only one that felt that way i kind of felt like this was a i i'm i think this was in in our universe's chronology this was published later on hmm. in the publishing order of these books i believe well goddamn because <laughs> i don't even know why they did it i what yeah why See, would I don't you, know. Like, yeah. So I don't, I don't. I feel like there was a. It has this smell of like, hey guys, we need to have a little thing that just explains this and this and this, just like you said, right? And so, yeah. like, I don't know. I I'm probably look it up. I feel like I looked up the publishing publication order of these things, and these two arcs were after the original Exarchoon Ulix story. They were published, I believe. Okay, because they don't like right now. Like going going from like the way we read them, is we read what five or six arcs or five arcs of of the Ulit Keldroma uh, Exarchoon story, and then we broke for these two, and then there's still one arc left. So I feel so, like we left yeah. it like right after the Sith War. We left it to go kind of further back, and now you remember the uh, Jedi Academy trilogy better than I do. Which I don't know if that's saying much, but I don't I don't remember it very well at all. I don't remember it very well either, but I remember okay. some bits. Okay, is there is there anything in these two arcs in the Fall of the Sith Empire or the Golden Age of the Sith that makes its way into Jedi Academy, Jedi Academy series? Are you saying from the from the earlier stuff, the non-Exarchoon stuff? You mean? Yeah, yeah, the pre-pre stuff, the Nagasato. Um, I don't recall. The only okay. bit from this stuff that I recall is the Exarchoon stuff. Okay. See, in this one, this one they go back 
far enough that they can tell us who Nagasato was, basically. I mean, that, that's really all this does is kind of explain who Nagasato is and explain how he got to Yavin 4 so that we know why the Masasi temples were there. That, you know, that way Exarchun could, you know, kind of rebuild them. And we know who it was that kind of reached through the force and, you know, named Exarchun and Ulik Keldroma, the master and apprentice or whatever. But I don't know that that's necessary. I really don't know that that's necessary. They give us each of these issues, listeners, starts with a quote unquote crawl, right? Your, your, Your basic Star Wars crawl. And it gives you kind of the background of it. That is where this, that's where these two stories belong. Honest to God, I feel that's where these two stories belong. They yeah. just have given us, hey, Exarchun met with Nagasato. Nagasato was, you know, or met with the. Nagasato, an ancient Sith Lord spirit, endows Ulic Keldroma and Exarchun with the blessing of the Sith grandfathers or whatever the fuck, right? Like, it could ta-da. be. Yeah. Ta Then it's done, you right. know? You don't need 11 issues to do this. Yeah. I mean, and 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 so okay, so, P.S. In here, by the way, I was right. These two arcs yeah. were published after the Ulakeldrama Exarchun stuff. So even after the last arc, the last arc is the one that's we're going to do after. Not uh, not Redemption. Redemption. Oh, okay. Redemption was the last one to be published altogether. Okay, all right. But the Exarchun Ulakeldrama stuff. The that, stuff that ended that, with the Sith War. The, the, the stuff that, yes, exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was written and published first. So, prior to what we did last episode and this episode, we had done it. Well, I mean, even now, it, 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 you know what? As it turns out, we're going to do all of these arcs because, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, listeners, the next episode of our podcast is the the redemption arc of this comic book series as well. We will wind up having done these comics in their publication order. Oh, so we read them as they were... We read them as they were published. As, as a person in the 90s who had... If they were reading these comics as they came out, this is how they would... This is how it. they would have read it. Okay, yeah. all right. That's good. I like that, actually. Which actually can tell you, which is why I was saying that it has this smell of like, somebody was like, hey, you guys need to go do like, fill in just like a little bit more stuff. Yeah. And they did too much because it couldn't it didn't fill out into a compelling story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The stuff with Arba the Hut, I had a real problem with last episode and I still have a problem oh, yeah. with it. I yeah. still think it's goofy, you know, which isn't saying much. I mean, like Lucas gets goofy later on with, you know, with the movies, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's not, that's not the end of the world being goofy, but it's not like you said, not compelling. Like I, yeah. I give a shit about like, you know, Jory and Gav and their, their, the hyperspace, the thing that I cared about the hyperspace, like, like mapping that thing is, that's yeah. forgotten about within two issues. Nobody cares yeah. about that anymore. Yeah. All of a sudden now it's, now it's super spy and she's got to jump through, you know, all these hoops, which like there were things that to me just didn't ring true. Like I said, when, like when I was recapping it, I said, you know, she does this like, thing you know where she she mission impossibles into the uh the empress's throne room or whatever it is yeah and there's jedi standing around and they literally stand around with thumbs up their asses for two pages two full pages of panels before they say oh wait sith yeah hold up uh hold up wait we're supposed to do something about that oh no guys that's a thing that's That's a real thing guys yeah yeah sith that's a that's a bad thing that's a bad thing 
why? Why would they just stand around? I mean, that's what yeah, they've been training for, right? I mean, that's what they've been expecting. So, I don't want to put things into Kevin Anderson's soul here, but there's almost <laughs> a level of like, did did Kevin even feel as much about this? Because it doesn't ring like anybody cared about it. I don't. I don't know. I hate to say it that way, but it just like, yeah, it kind of shines through that nothing winds up being cared about. There's more in the Alec Caldroma stuff that you you get a sense that they love those characters. That those yes. characters are important. Yes, These characters do not feel important. No. In fact, so much so that like there's throwaway shit. Like at one point, Nagasato says something about, "Oh, I can't wait to bathe in their blood" or something like that. And like Gav is like blood, and uh, and Nagasato kind of blows it. He's like, "Oh, did I say blood? Ha <laughs> ha! I meant their bathwater or something." And Gav's just like, "Oh, okay, never mind then. Must have misheard you." I literally, I literally made a note because I I did actually did a. I did a, I did a read through and then I did a skim through again. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I caught on my skim through was kind of toward the beginning of the series when they're when the Sith are gearing up to make the jump to those new coordinates to go yeah. to war. Yeah. It comes out that like it comes out that Nagasato rigged the thing in the previous arc and said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah Jory gets to escape and we put a tracer on there." Right. And Gav is like, "Did you really?" And he's like, we'll discuss it later. Just come on. Let's go. Right. Yeah. And like, that's like that, that sort of diminished both those characters, right. both those characters for me. Right. Right. You know, Nagasato didn't lean enough into this whole, I'm going to take over all this. I mean, that's what, that was his plan, right? He's like, I'm going to crush the entire galaxy and I'm going to rule. That's what we're going to do. We're going to expand the Sith empire exponentially by going into the Republic and just knocking it right the hell out. And then he hedges everything by like just trying to hide it all from one guy. Like his whole plan hinges on Gav. He's got the coordinates to the Republic at this point. Why is Gav this, important? This this is this is a question I wrote down. Just as I, for myself, I was like, why did Nagasato make Gav his military guy? <laughs> what was that about? What was yeah. that like? Why? What do you need him for? It doesn't make any sense. You're willing. You're. He's willing to like fuck with that guy's life. He makes yeah. him go. He makes him go push the button that he thinks is like a tracker thing, and really <laughs> yes. just like murders thousands of people in a ship. Yeah. And he's like, shrug, whatever. Sorry, dude. <laughs> the, like, no, that was the why. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no follow up to it at all. Like, he. It's not like he was grooming him to be an apprentice. No. It's not like he was doing anything. It's almost like he was just doing it to fuck with him right like and why i'm not really a like sith lord if i'm not fucking with somebody right you right know? right you gotta I, have somebody you're fucking with you know <laughs> johnson get me somebody i need to fuck with somebody get me somebody to mess with just bring him maybe, in here. i mean maybe why so somebody. actually actually that could explain <laughs> that could explain a few things in the prequels and games too so get this <laughs> what if what if darth maul is just the guy that darth sidious is like that's his fuck up guy, <laughs> right? That's his. That's if you're if you're the if you're the oh. head Sith guy, oh, you no. are like supposed to have somebody you're fucking with. <laughs> the same, and it, then it also becomes the same with like Dooku, right? Right, right. Um, right. Because he's really looking for Anakin, and right. then once he gets hold of Anakin, he has Anakin. Uh, we find out later in the in the Force Unleashed games, he has Anakin training up and like fucking with somebody. 
Right. So he's like, he's like double fucking with people at that point. <laughs> like, like he, it's it, Me- it meta fucking. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna fuck with you, Darth Vader, such that you fuck with somebody else as well. <laughs> it's micro. It's micro fucking. It's micro fucking. <laughs> because he's managing Darth Vader. He's he's fucking with Darth Vader. Darth Vader's fucking with him. Micro fucking. Oh Jesus! We should do. We should. We should go through those Force Unleashed games again sometime. We should. Those were. Uh, those were. Man, those are fun. Those were good games. Well, at least the well, first one was really. The good. first one. I, yeah. The first one was. First one was fun. Yeah. Yeah. We can get into that later. We don't have yeah, to do well, that now. Yeah. 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 But uh, um, yeah, I just I if, it, like that I made, wrote so, that down. Yeah. Like Gav was completely worthless. Like, what's the what, point? What's the point? What's the point? You don't that? need him. No. If you were really evil, you just would throw him in the trash. Right. Well, like once Jory jumps to hyperspace if you're an evil sith guy you're like good i'm done with you chuck into the incinerator you know what i mean like right right that, that would well, almost have been i would have been more satisfied with that than whatever this stuff is you know <laughs> yeah gav is only there to fill pages so you yeah. said something earlier you said that maybe you maybe maybe kevin anderson isn't really into this whole thing mm. right and I wonder if this wasn't Dark Horse, because these were originally published by Dark Horse Comics, if this wasn't either Dark Horse or Lucasfilm saying, no, 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 okay, we want you to go back and we want you to write a little bit about that. And maybe he came to them with like a three-issue thing or like a two-issue thing like they did with the... Um, the Freed and Nad. Freed and Nad uprising. Maybe he came to them with that and they were like, good, make it two arcs, 11 issues. 11 issues. I need you to make this 11 issues. He's like, dude, we only have two issues worth of story here. They're like, I don't fucking care. You make it 12 issues or I'm going to find somebody who's going to. Oh, okay. 20 years in the future, marketing needs at least 100 tweets out of this. So you better make it 11 issues. (laughs) What's a tweet? (laughs) We don't know either, but we're going to need them. Don't worry about that right now. Important. (laughs) I, I feel like that maybe is what it was, was this was like he had the kernel of a story because if you dig deep enough into this, you've got a kernel of a story here. You've got Nagasato. He wants to overthrow the rebellion, right? He gets yeah. his ass handed to him. And he goes and he escapes to Yavin 4. That's, that is your story right there. Yeah. Anybody else is secondary to this. They should, he sh- this should have been Nagasato's story, but we get this Jory stuff and Gav and Arbatha Hutt and, Fucking, yeah, you know, man. Like, like I was, other... I was so disappointed. I got to the last page, yeah, and it's like, it's like Jory is like the key character in the last page. Right, He's like I'm gonna be happy to running to be running the mechanic shop now. That's <laughs> great. And you're <laughs> like, you're like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm doing it in Arba's honor. Nobody gives a shit, lady. Nobody gives a single <laughs> shit. There's not one solitary turd that is being given. <laughs> Over you taking over because ultimately, when are we ever going to hear her name again? We will never hear her name again, will we? I mean, I unless so. she shows, I never have, unless she shows up in this redemption arc. Question mark <laughs> Will it happen? Mark. Stay what tuned for next week, podcast <laughs> yeah. listeners. Right? <laughs> I, I, she wasn't it, she's not in the Tales of the Jedi, other stuff. I've never heard of her. She's not in, in the Knights of the Old Republic game that I've run into so far. No, she's not. She's not a Jedi, she's not a Sith. No. No. Gav isn't a Jedi or a Sith. These guys are just stooges that were used. A couple of brainless <laughs> idiots that were used to, to for their own means, and they became the main characters of this they arc. They became heroes without the like redeeming qualities right. of heroes, you know? Right. Yeah. 
there okay so this would be this would be like you know me i like my really whacked out crazy analogies this would be like if they had like a background story to the frankenstein's monster brain the brain the person who had the brain that was putting the monster and they told a background story about it right Uh you would expect that the that the character that would they would focus on would be the guy who had the brain to begin with right because yeah. it's an abnormal brain or whatever, right? It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Abnormal, yeah. Right? But instead of focusing on that, they focus on like the person that was at the inn that the guy checked into before he yeah. killed like, 63 people. Yeah, like yeah. Be like, you know, the lady who swept the floor at the inn, that's her story. <laughs> this is her fucking story. Yeah. The whole time. That's, that's what this would be. That's, that's, my, yes. that's my crazy whacked out analogy for this. This, this would be... So here's a different here's a different spin on that too. This yeah. would be like if R2 and C3PO were literally the heroes of episode 4. Because <laughs> they serve important purposes. Yeah. They move things along. They're they're kind of fun at times. But Luke and Han and Leia are the heroes right. of episode 4, 5, 6, right? right. But right. this would be like if R2 and C3PO were the heroes. Like, don't change the story. Just, like, the final shot is, like, R2, like, boop, 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 and he, it's, like, him. And you're, like, oh, great. That's so, I'm glad that he, you know. It's, and it's not, because it's not, like, it's not that it's bad that these characters did what they did. No. You just don't care about them as much as you're supposed to. For the last page of the whole thing to be, see how happy this <laughs> this sort of bland person is yeah. hooray for yeah. her Whoop, whoopity shit that's what <laughs> i say but god damn uh, so, so okay. okay no go ahead what do you got we both we both said so okay we did Same and time. i'll probably I'll, you know what's going to be funny about that is i'm going to cut that whole fucking thing out so. <laughs> <laughs> um there there are i did catch a couple of things that okay. do trip my broader what is the Star Wars universe level things? Good, because um, that's what we were that's really what we were looking for, right? We yeah, wanted yeah. to we want to expand on that. Nagasato, well this is this is kind of a critique too, but Nagasato uses the word glory of the Sith, the glory of the Sith Empire, as the thing to convince Gav that that's somehow better than the Republic. Right. What I don't feel like is the story ever actually convinces me that the Sith Empire is glorious. Right. Yeah. Like what's so great about it? Well, and I mean, they have obviously got multiple planets, right? Because in yeah. the last arc, you know, like they're, they're off on different planets before they, that's the other thing that kills me is that, that what's his name? The other guy, he makes a little comeback, right? Yeah. <laughs> makes come surprise. You didn't actually kill me you after all. Give like, me fuckers. Okay. Whatever. But we don't ever get really a scope of what is, what the is, glor- what is yeah, like, why is it glorious? Right. Right. It reminds me of there's that clip, and I know this clip has gone around a lot. It's about the um, it's from the show Newsroom. It's the clip where he's describing why America's not great anymore, but we could still be right. We yeah. never like that's what it reminds me of. Is like he's these kids they're talking about. Oh well, America's great because we got freedom, and like that's yeah. what this whole thing thinks makes me think of is. Hey, the glory of the Sith Empire. The Sith are so great. Well, why are they? Well, because they are. They're just so great. Right? It's the glory. We have glory. Did you guys not notice the glory? 
look. Give me so the glory bad. team and get them on that because we need to be <laughs> putting the glory front and center, not all this dark other shit. Over there um, on the next block, don't you see that glory over there? <laughs> I put that there. That's my glory. I made that glory. I made it for you. This and you glory. just ignored my glory that I made for you. Glorious glory. You, you ungrateful glory ignoring fucking bag. <laughs> glory ignoring so yeah so i mean realistically we don't get a concept of what no. what makes it no. so great and 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 how big is this i mean obviously it's in these unknown territories right so yeah. like, they're kind of out there they get they got banished you know when years and years and years ago but what did they do that was so great they came in and they conquered these people that were already there right these dark Jedi, yeah right so i don't know it seems like a uh, separate thing now. It seems like the Sith are much more aware of the Republic than the Republic is of the Sith. Okay. And why is that? I don't know, but I wrote down Coruscant never learns. They never fucking yeah. learn. Yeah, what the hell, guys? Like, Come what? Come on. What, what, okay, so now obviously these comics were written before the movies. But there's something to be said there. They is is it just this bureaucracy that turns a blind eye to pending threats? They did the same thing in the prequel era, prequel trilogy era. Yeah, turned a blind eye to it until all of a sudden it was right up their you know right up their nose, and they're out, now there's a war, right? Yeah. So why is that? What are, is there? Are they trying to speak to the idea that like big government being like? out of touch or something is that is See, that what they're trying to get at if if that if that was true it's a strange way to go about doing it because like at, at this point right now they describe the republic as expansionary right right like the republic isn't even nearly the scope it is that we see it later on both in this arc but then of course in the films and that kind of stuff too right well, that that's true yeah that's true because they are so still like, they're still exploring it so they're still exploring but what but what i mean to say is that like I don't know if the big government or the big sort of bureaucracy, lumbering bureaucracy is a thing. Maybe it is. I mean, it's still a hmm. multi-planet kind of thing even now. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I could not come up with a an in-story reason for that. Other than it just helps make it that much more of a surprise when they drop out of hyperspace and start right. shitting on people, you know? <laughs> yeah. They start fucking shit up, and then all yeah. of a sudden they're like, "What? No, but if only we had listened to that one hyperspace planner, hyperspace <laughs> lady. Give me that. Give me that lady that was out here screaming like you're a mad person, or uh, those Jedi who forgot and then remembered that there was. Oh yeah, Sith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! One. I knew there yes, was yes. something I was supposed to tell them. <laughs> ah, he looks at his hand and it says, "He looks at his hand and he's got like marker that says Sith on it." You know, like, <laughs> oh, Empress, I was supposed to tell you about this Sith. <laughs> Even even better, like part of it's like rubbed off. Yeah, he's like, oh, so it doesn't like, other shit. <laughs> it looks like if and like the S is kind of half out. You're like, what? <laughs> oh, Seth, that's Seth. that's what I wrote down. Oh fuck, <laughs> your Majesty, uh, I'm just arriving to tell you about the if. Sorry, I wrote this on <laughs> my wiping hand, and I <laughs> this part of it came off. Okay, so there, and for me, there's at least one more thing, Star Wars universe scale size type question. Okay. Which was, how closely tied are the concepts of Jedi and Republic? 
have there always been Jedi even before there was a Republic? Did the Republic start before there was really Jedi? Or does the Republic only exist because Jedi can sort of help them do that like expansionary peacekeeping thing in the galaxy? That's a really good question. The Jedi always seem tied to the Republic. Yeah. No matter what, there's Jedi and Republic, right? And even and even when we get into like later expanded universe books, the Jedi will be involved in the New Republic as well. Yeah. Yeah. The old Republic, the New Republic, the ancient civilizations, the Jedi were there to the degree that they are advising people like this Empress Tita on how to kind of do stuff and how to kind of like what what Jedi, what gives you what gives you the right to go in and be like, you should actually do blah when you're doing war or right. when you're doing civilization planning or like, why are the Jedi better at that? Like, aren't they monks who study lightsaber fighting all the time? Like, why are they better at that? That's a damn good question. I don't, I, I always understood the Jedi as being separate from the Republic. But the more we dig into this stuff, the more it becomes obvious to me that they are there's like a an, part of it. Yeah, there's like an intertwining there that's like in because here's here's why I think this is causing both of us consternation or this this for me one of the things that causes the most like what the heck is this level of thought is that in episode 5 Empire Strikes Back you actually meet your well, no, no, you meet a Jedi before that, but like Yoda's the Grand Master, and he's the like the best Jedi that 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 is alive at the time to to help Luke. And right. you get the sense from Yoda of this very mystical, this very aloof, this very meditative, like physical and mental training. This very like Zen. This this very Zenish, zen. yeah. yeah, this Zenish feel that doesn't seem to jive with. And by the way, we're bureaucrats who jet around like solving yes. internecine struggles on whatever thing. Yeah. They're like warrior monks, space wizards, but also like level 17 bureaucrats. <laughs> you know? I would be willing to bet. And now I don't know my experience with the Dark Horse versions of these comics, these older like pre Disney comics, is very limited. I've got a yep. little bit. You know, this now I've got more because we've been going through this stuff. But I would hope, I would like to see if there is, you know, if we come back to these comics at some point, maybe there's something where there are different groups of Jedi, right? Like if you think about like uh, like Christianity, right? You've yeah. got you got your Lutherans, you got your Catholics, you got your uh, Mormons, you got you know, like yeah right like you've got different like groups and then even in that you've got you've got your catholics but you got your roman catholics and you got your irish catholics right and then with your lutherans you got your lcms and you got your and so on and so forth and And so on and so forth yeah Yeah. yeah. but so is there like a path that leads jedi to bureaucracy and a path that leads jedi to uh, like a monastic life a more monastic right. life. Um, and we, and you know, when we first meet Yoda, he's nearly 900 years old, right? He's 880 yeah. or something, right? Because yeah. when he dies, he says, when 900 years old, you reach, look, it's good, you will not. So he's 900 yeah. approximately. 
Yeah. And this all happens like Empire and Jedi happens 20-ish years after when we see him as a grandmaster of the grandmaster of the Jedi Council, right? Now that Jedi Council is that the pinnacle of the bureaucracy of the Jedi. And before that was Yoda, just dropped my pen, was Yoda maybe more of a monastic type character? And he got dragged into this bureaucracy. Yeah. I mean, like there's this possibility, and I don't know, again, I'm still still very virginal when it comes to this uh, this (laughs) expanded universe comics, but there's this possibility that we might see that there are other non-Republic tied Jedi factions. And I would hope that there would be. I mean, you think about like, you kind of like the universe is so much bigger than what we even we see, even the stuff that we see is small compared to how much there is. So there's got to be Jedi out there that are more than just bureaucrats. It's like, it's like, I want there to be, I want the Jedi to be more than just bureaucrats. Me too. You know, me too. And like, that's what the film, the original three films gave me. Right. The thought of that was like this, that like a Jedi is like so powerful. So, and yet so, so in tune with the essence of life and, and the force and like being thoughtful. And so even, so even, even though I saw two of the, prequel films before i read the timothy zahn novels so i saw yeah. phantom menace and i saw identical clones before i read air to the empire and those those books okay and yet for me joris kabouth the or his clone i guess in the in the books right yeah still seemed kind of more jedi like to me than most of the Jedi in the prequel films. Cause he was very like, he was kind of a weirdo and kind of out there and yeah. he would talk in these, he would talk in strange ways, but also like, Oh, you're like attuned to something else here. You know, like yeah. and for me, even then that still was like, I still kind of felt like that's kind of what a Jedi is to me. And I think, I mean, because Timothy Zahn wrote that prior to, of course, prior to Phantom Menace and the, the, the other prequels, like yeah. the, the material he had to go on was the, th- the first three films. Right. And the first three films give you this, this like Zen master space wizard monk stuff, right. not the bureaucracy stuff that the, that the films give you now More generals and shit. Yeah. Like that. yeah. I mean, I guess of course, part of what the films are trying to give, tell you is that the Jedi doing that stuff is kind of the wrong thing. I think. Yeah, and yeah. I and I honestly I'd agree with the films because I don't like I don't like the bureaucratic the bureaucratic yeah. I don't no. like the war Jedi. I just people people send, tend to lean into it too. Like I've read a lot of stuff online. I on Reddit, you know, there's people that just love the idea of the Jedi as generals and you know yeah. and, and like and like warmongers, you know, saber rattlers, yeah. lightsaber rattlers. Lightsaber rattlers. Um, but that's not who they were when I was a kid. That's not who, and I understand, you know, you get to reinvent stuff for you know new generations or whatever, but, but you're still, you're diluting the idea. The more you continue to go back to that. Right. So now they've gone from Zen master monks to bureaucrats to naturalists who also are bureaucrats. 
with yeah. the, the sequel trilogy. Like Ray, she's kind of embroiled in this rebellion while still being part. I mean, a real big part of that middle that middle part of that story is this connection to the Force and and what that all means. And we've talked yeah. about that before, where you know where it it was more about like the monastic part of it, but then where she took that was right back to this saber rattling shit. Are the Jedi more imperialistic than the Imperials? Well, though, nah. You know, maybe not because they don't, they don't go out and like try and conquer anything. Right. Right. That's not what they're after. They, the Imperials are after that, the, the empire, but I, do yeah, think no, I think, I do. Th- I think that upon reflection of what we've done and talked about just through this podcast, mm-hmm. I feel like I missed, I missed some of the sense of how much the Jedi were failing or crumbling during the prequel movies. Yeah. And that was, and how much that was part of the point of those was the Jedi, the Jedi not only, not only was Darth Sidious growing stronger, but the Jedi were crumbling as well in a sense. And I don't think I was catching up with that quite as much before. I think you weren't catching that because we've discussed this before too, that those films just were not very well executed. Yeah. So, so, I mean, if you've got somebody telling you a story and they're not telling the story very well, you may not catch all that nuance, you know? So I don't think that's you missing it as much as George Lucas, maybe not, maybe, maybe George Lucas striking out. Right. Yeah, and I, the, you know, the more we the more we discuss this aspect of the that stuff, the more I come to realize the the more like because before we started doing this podcast, I was like prequels, oh, what a bunch of fucking garbage, God. <laughs> but now I see the more we discuss this, the more I see the nuggets of what George Lucas was going for in yep. crumbling Jedi, growing darkness. A compelling, a compelling dark side story versus a Sith poison kind of thing. You know, all this kind of stuff, right? Yep. It just, it, it all, it just, it, it magnifies both sides. It magnifies how much I'm starting to gain a little more appreciation for intent in those movies, but it also magnifies how poorly they were made. Right. In that, yeah. like, I don't perceive it until now. Right. Or I don't perceive all of it until now. No, I'm not well, going not that I perceive all of it, but I don't perceive that level until we go through this whole process of this thing and I start to sort of rediscover what's going on there, you know? <laughs> we we go through this whole process 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's really what it is. It's, it's been 20 years. And I've seen, I've seen the prequels probably three times a piece, maybe mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. And like bits and pieces here and there, right? But I've seen the other ones... Like the original trilogy, one one biscillion jillion times. I'm sure I've seen the original Star Wars at least a hundred times, and Empire yeah. has been, yeah, Empire I've seen way more than that. But yeah, that's without hyperbole, uh, yeah. and, and that's how pathetic my life is. Is that sometimes I just put Star Wars on? <laughs> just no, I throw believe, it on. I, and I'll, I'll could, leave it on, and I'll I can say go. that I've seen, I have seen Episode Four, A New Hope, upwards of fifty times at least. Yeah. Yeah. There's not so much. I only, as a kid, I only had the tape of the one. Ah, okay. Well, I didn't have tapes of the other ones, so I couldn't really uh, watch them all that much until later on. But A New Hope, I've seen fifty plus times at least. All right. So I want to kind of side sidetrack here a little bit. Sidebar. Sidebar. I, I as I was going through, as I was reading through this, 
this arc, this Fall of the Sith Empire arc, we had talked a while ago about what feels Star Wars and what doesn't, right? And when I read through this, I threw on some Star Wars music, right? Oh, I, yeah. I just, I happen to have this, the arcs, you know, the, not the arcs, the, uh, the albums for each of the originals and a couple of the prequels. And so I threw yeah. some music on and I was, I was reading it. Did not have the same effect. Like when when we get to this point in this arc, issue three, where the where the Sith where the Sith fleet shows up, and all hell starts to break loose, I put on like the uh, the asteroid belt music from Empire. Oh even, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole bit, yeah. Right? Like thought, okay, this is. Oh, no, that's not asteroid belt. That's the um, that's the uh, attack on Hoff. That's, yeah. So I put that. I put the attack on Hoff on. Uh, attack on Hoff on, and. No effect. Like it just didn't have that pulse pounding feel to it. Now, it part of that, of course. Sorry, but no, no, keep on. Well, part of that, I mean, obviously, is it's 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 a comic book, and not to disparage comic books, but print versus film is really what I was kind of getting at there. But there have been other things that I have put that music to and still felt like this feels like Star Wars. The yeah. Zon the Zon trilogy. Mm-hmm. When I read that originally, I put on the Star Wars soundtracks and I just listened Dude, to them that is, as I was reading. That is nuts to me. Not in a not in the like you're a weirdo way, but in the sense that oh, I am. It, it, it is. It has literally never occurred to me to put music on while I read a book. Oh, really? No, or- it has never like it has never occurred to me. I probably will never do it. Hmm. It it feels and but but the reason I say that is that, like. That's interesting because it's not that it's interesting that I actively chose to do it. It's it's interesting in terms of like it never even occurred to me hmm. to do that. And maybe I wouldn't like it. I, I my sense right now is that I wouldn't like it. But yeah. but it didn't occur. I, I've never had the thought. I've never even had the thought. Hey, put on some music to like just kind of help me get in the zone and huh. read the book or whatever. Like. Anytime I read things, I am in silence. I, you know, huh. part, part of it for me is when I, was, when I was young, I listened to classical music while I did my homework. Uh-huh. Um, my mother was, big, was a big proponent of that. Yeah. Classical music on, helps you study, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. I don't know if that's exactly true. But then my art teacher in high school, while we were painting or drawing or whatever we were doing, he would always have classical music on. So I think that that's where that comes from. Sure. So like when, when, when those books came out, that was like my first instinct was, oh, well, I read like maybe the first two chapters and I'm like, this really feels like Star Wars. I'm like, I'll put some music on. I'll put I'll some listen. music on. Yeah, I'm going to put some Star Wars music on. See, the, like and mood the thing music, is, right? <laughs> the thing, that, the, the thing that, that makes me think is that you created such a different experience for yourself with that than I did in my reading because like you – you gave your memory of the of whatever books that you read. You gave your memory of that experience the added layer of music with it. And now I'm like, shit. Have I been like shortchanging my brain this entire time by not been robbing doing, yourself yeah. by not doing something like that when I when I do read things? Like, fuck. I think you're in the majority in that you you prefer silence prefer silence yeah yeah i think because my wife she prefers silence while she's yeah reading. for me i don't always have music on when i'm reading 
don't sure, always sure. have it on. But, and it can't be anything with like lyrics. It has to yeah, be sure. orchestral music, right? Like, I don't, I don't, like if I'm just reading like a random like novel, I don't put music on. Sure. Star Wars, I'll put music on. Sure. Um, if I'm reading something that's more adventure I'll put on like, you know, some other John Williams. Music. Some other John mostly Williams John, thing, of course. Mostly I John mean, Williams music, you know. Yeah. But uh, Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, John Williams. I don't know where I was going with that, except to remark that it blew my mind that you actively made the choice to put music on yeah. while you read the books. Oh, I know where I was going with that. When I put the music on for this, like yeah, it, oh, yeah. It, it didn't ring true for me. It didn't feel like Star Wars, no matter what no. I was listening to. And, now, and, that, and that attack on Hoth is like one of my favorite pieces of, that, of music. Yeah. Right? That's, it's, it's, it's iconic. Right. Yeah, it's almost as iconic. Stuff. Yeah, it's almost as iconic as like you know the 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 throne room sequence or you know the yeah. uh, Vader's march, the Imperial march. Yeah. Almost as iconic as that, but it didn't do anything. And to me, that that started making me think: What's important to you in Star Wars? Because nothing that nothing that's important to me in Star Wars was in this. In this arc, and the last one too, but in this arc, I never got a sense of any kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. I never got a sense of, uh, I'm not sure how to describe what I mean by that when I think of, except to say that maybe adventure, maybe the, maybe the defining thing of adventure, maybe, I don't know. We talked prior to the episode here about the importance of characters in other things mm-hmm. that we've, we've read about. And to me, so if, so when Jory breaks out of the fucking mining planet or whatever and comes back to <laughs> yes. Empress Tita and like, Made me scales think of Rambo. The, scales the walls and dives in, right? Yeah, yeah. If that was Luke Skywalker doing that, I you could put him in the same panels, and I would have cared, because I cared about the character, and that so that that's what makes it from that's what turns it from telling something to like an adventure. Okay, I think connection so really, with the character. I mean, connection with the character, I think, because so, I mean, not that and that's a that's a pretty tight restrictive definition of adventure and i mean i don't i think it necessarily means adventure in a broad sense but for but for me with star wars but for for me with star wars it's the character having the adventure so like not only do i love not only do i love the character but the character is doing something crazy kooky cool up in the stars or in the trash compactors or whatever Mm -hmm. right that that creates that for me in this arc i did not get a lot of what is the force yeah what is the what is the will of the force here or what is the nature of the force there's there's like all these sith there's like so many sith lords going by here mm-hmm. and they're all attuned to the dark side of the force but they don't they don't talk about the dark side they don't theorize about it you know Mm-mm. and the jedi were kind of light in this set of stories here yeah and there it was the, like the jedi the jedi were kind of like I almost rolled my eyes at the Jedi in this one because all they were, they were like, we're the Jedi for the Republic. You know, like there's this fucking, I don't know, meaningless drivel kind of stuff for the Jedi most time. So there was, so, okay. So I'm, I'm winding my way down to two things here. Adventure with characters I love and you can convince me to love them. I don't have to have seen the character before to fall in love with him. Cal Kestis in Jedi Fallen Order I loved that character and I had never seen that character before. Right. But I grew to love that character and he had an adventure. And the other thing is mystery, especially the mystery of the force. 
to me, those two things wrapped together, I think, are what makes Star Wars a Star Wars thing for me. Okay. At least in terms of, especially, well, if, I, if I'm going to define, <laughs> define myself what makes a Star Wars thing by pointing out what this thing lacked, <laughs> then, <laughs> then yeah, right? So, so adventure with character I love, mm-hmm. mysteries of the force. Right. To me, are the, those are two, possibly the main two, but two of the key components for that. So what about you? Well, I wonder, uh, well, I just want to touch on that real quick. I wonder if we're going to get more of that in these like new the high republic novels the high republic yeah. stuff yeah so yeah hmm. which by the way one of the reasons that i love last jedi so much was that there was mysteries of the force going mm-hmm. on there yep anyway i don't mean to drag us into that but that no just, like that was that's actually really interesting that you bring that up because what miles wanted to watch the rise of skywalker last week and so we did i put it on while I yeah. was, uh, you know, was doing other stuff, and he was, you know, watching it, and everything that I had a problem with in that movie just sticks out like a sore thumb, right? Yeah. yeah. And it made me want to go back and rewatch the Last Jedi again because I felt yeah. like there was so much potential there. Yeah. But anyway, that's just an aside there. I wanted to throw out. Yeah, yeah. As far as for me, what. What makes What's, a Star Wars a Star Wars? <laughs> a couple of dollars, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I keep trying to get Jen to watch that. And she will not watch it. She's like, <laughs> I can't get two episodes in. I'm like, you got to give it more time. Uh, yeah, jeez. But of course, I think to myself, how long did it take me to watch them? You know? Yeah. What, what makes Star Wars Star Wars to me, I think, is very similar for you. Like the characters matter. You know, yeah. the characters matter. And I think what's so iconic about that first Star Wars film is that you've got these three very clear-cut archetypal characters. Four, really, if you think about it. You've got, you've got Ben, you've got yeah. Leia, Han, and Luke, right? Yeah. And they are very much these typical, like, these are the characters that you'll meet, you know, on any story. You'll have these guys. You have the wizened old man that's going to help the young guy and then you're going to have you know the one dude that's kind of bucking the system and you got the yeah. you know the damsel in distress distress yeah. which they turned on their head in this yeah, yeah which yeah. i loved and i think that that to me is why some of this stuff doesn't work is that one of the okay so one of the things that i absolutely love about the original star wars is that it does follow that hero's path right that right. that campbellian hero's path and of course i fell in love with it because of star wars and so for for so much of the rest of this, they're just building off of that, right? And anything that stays, I think, a little more true to what was originally laid out in those first three movies feels more Star Wars to me. Like you said, with the mysticism, right? This idea yeah. that that now the force is always to me like if there could be, if there really was a force and there really were Jedi. I would totally be into that. I would totally be like, all right, I don't know if like, I'm, get yep. me in there. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to go test to me Academy. for force power. I need to right yeah. now. Yep. I need to know if I can do that. I need to know. Yep. So that's, that to me is like the very core of star Wars is the force, right? Yep. But there are also things in star Wars that I've enjoyed that don't have the force or Jedi in them. The Mandalorian didn't have the force. Spoiler alert, other than like the child, 
using right. the force here and there. Which to me, which to me, yeah. was enough of a mystery, right? Right to right. to spur that for me, right? Right. The uh, the solo the Star Wars uh, story solo doesn't have the force doesn't have Jedi. It's got it's got a smuggler, and it's got like a whole crime syndicate thing, you know that 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 they work off of, and that's cool, right? I can dig that. Yeah, yeah. The, so I'm not like I'm not. I'm not tied to this idea that you have to have Jedi and the force. There's a look and a feel to star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like they they took great pains to make the original star Wars look like a world that was lived in. Yeah. And, and even the prequels don't have that. Yeah. Even the prequels don't have that. Everything is so shiny yeah. in the prequels where everything in the original trilogy looks like, Oh, this is my, you know, kind of grimed up. Right. My 87 yeah. Buick that, I, you know, it's got 400,000 miles on it. We're going to take this on a road trip. You want a what now? Yeah. You, it's got 400,000 kiloparsecs on it, and I want to yeah. take it on a road trip, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that the, it's got to have a, an element of mystery to it, like you said, uh, whether it's mysticism of the force or a caper, you know, like some sort of like yeah, you know, yeah. caper element, right? It's got to have iconic heroes. And it's got to feel authentic. It's got to feel lived in. The Mandalorian has that, yep. be, like, overflowing. It feels yep. like Star Wars. Yep. It's got that lived-in feel to it. And none of this has that. Like, these, yeah. prequel, these prequels to these Tales of the Jedi, they don't have that. They don't have this... Everything's sort of weirdly ornamental-ish. Yes. And, yeah. And... Nothing is, even if they try to make a caper, nothing is a caper here. Right. You know? Right. Like the, yeah. Okay, so the, this, this ornamental thing, like they, I get what they're going for. They're trying to make it look like ancient civilization, but the problem is that even from there, you've got 25,000 years before that, that's the dawn of the Jedi, right? That's yeah. Where, like that's where the Jedi come from. If this is the ancient civilization, what's that 25,000 years ago look like? And I get it. If you think about it now, like if we went back 4,000 years from now, it's, it's 2020, right? 4,000 yeah. years from now would have been what? 2000 BC. Yeah. Everything looks a lot different, you know, back then, but you've established already that they're, you know, the, the like they're spacefaring and they have droids and they have, right. Yeah. Sentient droids, by the way. Yeah. Uh, free the droids. Free the droids. Yes. Okay. Somebody needs to make an arc where the droids, the droids kind of have had enough and just yeah. fucking, you know, we're, we're taking over. Yeah. We're starting over. I think they did that already. It was Battlestar Galactica, but I think they need to put it into a Star Wars universe. Yes. There were no droids in this. There were no droids in this one. Yeah. What the hell? There was no droids in the thousand years before, right? Were there droids in the last arc? There was, there was a droid somewhere in this one. Was there? There was like, it just protected Arba or tried to protect Arba the Hutt. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, that just well, that just shat all over my. This shits on your theory. Yeah, God my theory. My, up. <laughs> my theory was that that droids hadn't been invented yet, and that they would be. Oh, right. Eventually, and then that somewhere in the intervening thousand years between that and uh, Ulik Keldroma stuff, the droids had started to gain sentience, and that's why they went and did their whole thing. But all right. anyway, do you regret having gone back with this stuff? Like, here's what. Okay, the main thing that I felt in these two arcs was that I was like, okay, 
I want to know what happens next with these characters that I've followed for you three know, or four arcs. Three yeah. or four other arcs. You know, I want to know where Ulick Keldroma is. I want to know what's going on with Nomi Sunrider and, yeah. you know, all that. Because yeah. they said at one point her daughter is going to become a great Jedi, right? Yeah. Well, show me some of that. I don't want to yeah. know about this previous crap. Uh, so do I regret? Was that what you said? Do I regret? Do you regret taking, like, following the pr- publication order for this? Like, jumping back a thousand years for two arcs before we jump forward again in the next, our next reading. Let me put it this way. If I could, if I could, if I could whisper in like a month ago, Paul's ear, (laughs) I would say, don't do it. Don't do it. Motherfucker. Not worth, not kind of not worth the time, I guess. I know that's, that's how I feel, I guess. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's worth the time because you and I had the discussion and especially last week or last, whenever we recorded, we talked about like quality and critiques and things like that. And that was, that was yeah. exceedingly important right. to us for that. And we wouldn't have gotten there. I don't think unless we had encountered like a piece of crap, like <laughs> the last arc was. Yeah. Um, but what, yeah, but then uh, it's just, this is, is like insult to injury with that other arc. Like we've said everything that we needed to say about that. Yeah. With that last arc. And I feel like this was just kind of spinning I felt like we were spinning our wheels with this one. So how about this? Now, I move that we call it then in terms of this, in terms of this episode. Sure. I move that we call it because we already know what we're doing next episode. Right. So next episode, we are doing the final arc of the tales of the Jedi, both, both chronologically in universe and chronologically in our universe, right. the final published arc which is the redemption set of books, which right. does deal with the ultimate fate of Ulick and Nomi and Vima and all the other characters from the original Beast Wars and Sith War uh, arcs that we did before. Right. So I, I say, I say, let's close it down now and and uh, get onto that. I'm with you. Let's do all it. All right. Cool. So next week, Tales of the Jedi Redemption. Right. Very good. Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later!